This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Yisro. Parshas Yisro, wow, has, according to the Chinuch, three positive mitzvos and 14 prohibitions. But we should realize what's contained in this parsha. We have the introduction in chapter 19 to Kabbalah Satorah, to the literally receiving of the Torah by several million Jews at Har Sinai. And as the Torah tells us in Vaeschanan, in describing this very special occasion, literally no other people on the face of this earth ever have made the claim as we do that God communicated and spoke to the entire nation. How do we know that there is the institution of prophecy? Not because Moshe Rabbeinu came and said, God communicated with me. They heard Hashem communicate first with them and then with Moshe. And this is something which is so significant that our belief in Torah min Hashemayim, number one, that our Torah is divine, and secondly, as it says in this week's parasha, as a result of Maimar Har Sinai, as a result of the experience at Sinai, the Gambacha Ya'aminu Le'olam, literally, through you and you, Moshe, they will believe forever that you are a, as the Rambam writes, the Adon Hanavim, literally the master of all, greatest of all prophets. And therefore, we look upon Moshe literally as a tape recorder, that as God spoke to Moshe, we were given those prophecies in that exact form. I'd like to focus this morning on the Ten Commandments, but I'd like to first demonstrate, as Rashi notes in his commentary on Bereshus, in chapter 33, Pasuk 20, Rashi quotes a Pasuk from Yirmiyahu. In the 23rd chapter of Yirmiyahu, the Navi compares Torah kipatish yifutzatz sela, literally as a hammer that shatters a rock. And our rabbis understand this to mean that Torah are mischalkim Le Kamo Ta'amim. 
the Gemara in Shabbos, Peches 88b, tells us that part of the excitement of Torah is what I call, like an onion, layers and layers, or different levels of interpretation. And so, having said that there's more than one way to look at that which we are most familiar with, I'd like to ask a rhetorical question. What are the Ten Commandments? Not what they are in terms of, I am your God, the first one, and you're not to have another one. No, 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 no. But I'm looking as to what is the role of the Ten Commandments, and especially, why does it culminate with losach mode, which means you're not to covet. So, interestingly, the Panim Yafos of the Hafla'a, he presents a fascinating approach to the Ten Commandments. We just finished this past week the Gemara Yavamos in the Dafyomi, and he cites from the Gemara Yavamos in Daf Mem Zayin, 47a, that we find in this week's parasha, when Hashem gives Moshe the instructions as to what he is to tell the Jewish people, so the Torah tells us that Eile Hadvarim, these are literally the words, that you are to speak to the Jewish people. And Rashi says, interestingly, on this verse, these are the words, you're not to literally add, nor to detract. What is going on here? Suggests the Hafla something very fascinating. He says, the Gemara in Yevamos that I cited before, tells us that when a potential convert comes to study Judaism, we teach him some kalos v'chamuros, literally some of the more lenient, minor, less challenging mitzvos, and chamuros, some of the major stringent, more challenging mitzvos. And so he understands that when Rashi says, Lo pochos v'lo yoseir, that you're to teach and tell them this, not more and not less, Hashem was telling Moshe to proceed slowly with B'nai Yisrael and to provide a gradual initiation into Torah and mitzvos. In other words, the Jewish people were undergoing conversion at this time. And Hashem was telling Moshe that these are the rules. You tell the Jewish people as potential converts a smattering of some of the more serious and some of the more lenient laws. Now, I suggest that tonight, bring the Chumash to the table, and with those that are gathered around your table, say, okay, 
how are we going to understand this hafla'ah? Which ones of the Ten Commandments are the more chamuros, the more challenging ones, difficult ones, and which ones are the kalos, easier. But the idea is that this is a very fascinating way to look upon Yaseris Hadibros. I'll ask the question again. What are the Ten Commandments? The Chidushe Harim, interestingly, works from a different perspective. And he connects the three sets of ten, ten, ten. He says this in his commentary at the beginning of Pasha's Vo'eira on the Arba Lishonos of Geula. He says, Hashem created the world with ten ma'amoros, ten statements, as we find in the beginning of the fifth chapter of Avos. And then the ten makos, the plagues that Hashem brought upon the Egyptians, affirmed His being the Creator and His demonstrating His absolute control over nature. And through the ten makos, the Jewish nation experienced Hashem's tender loving care on their behalf, sparing them from any suffering and preparing them for the acceptance of the Ten Commandments. And therefore, as the Ten Ma'amoros, the Ten Statements with which the world was created, was a foundation of spirituality for the physical world, Hashem infused the world He created with these Ten Ma'amoros, with these Ten Statements of spirituality, the Ten Commandments, was the foundation of the Jewish nation created at Sinai. Once again, what are the Ten Commandments? I'm going to suggest a very novel approach that the Chizkuni teaches in his commentary. He says that it's like Dayenu, Kamomalos Tovos, how many good performances and privileges and favors did God do for us? Not only did He take us out of Egypt, but as we know, on the night of the Pesach Seder, we enumerate from stage to stage to stage, wow, 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 look what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done for us. And similarly, says the Chizkuni, well, you know what the Ten Commandments are? They are, Lomaboyi Kamar. Lozu Avzu. Not only this, but that. Not only this, but that. And so he notes a progression, beginning with the acceptance of the absolute sovereignty of Hashem. And each subsequent commandment is an increased level of commitment towards honoring Hashem and refining man's character and polishing his image of God in which he was created. And thus, not only do we accept Hashem as the creator and director of the world in number one, but one may not partner any other being or belief together with Him. That's number two.
In addition, even his name is treated with utmost sanctity. Number three, moreover, we not only believe in him, but we emulate him by ceasing all our creativity on Shabbos as he ceased to stop and stopped creating. That's number four. We further honor Hashem by honoring parents in their role as creators. Number five. And as man was created in the image of a God, this belief in Hashem is further extended to the prohibition of murder. Number six. And not only may one not kill an individual, but even to violate their soul through immorality is the next realm of prohibition number seven. We're further forbidden to steal number eight, either man or his property, and even to testify falsely is number nine. And finally, the tenth step in the realm of spiritual perfection is losachmod, the prohibition of coveting the possessions of the next one. And lest anybody should ask, Oh my goodness, how is it that the Torah can legislate to one's feelings and cravings? I'd like to share with you one more interpretation of the Ten Commandments based upon the teachings of the Rakanti, who says the following, Why is lo sachmod, not to covet, not to be jealous, the last of the Ten Commandments? He says, because... He quotes the Pasuk from Tehillim 119. And there in Tehillim 119, Pasuk 86, the Pasuk says, Kol mitzvascha emuna. Literally, all your commandments are faithful, emuna, talking to God. But he interprets it to mean, no, all your commandments lead man towards emuna, emuna, faith in God, is the highest accomplishment. And therefore he understands that all the Ten Commandments, and indeed our 613 mitzvot, are to enhance our emuna belief in Hashem. And if one believes that Hashem manages and runs the world, then if my neighbor has certain possessions and assets, it's because he needs them to accomplish his avoda, his unique, personalized service of Hashem. And if I don't have them, it's not that Hashem has made a mistake on high, that oftentimes that's what people think, but no, those same gifts and assets might very well not be beneficial to me for my exclusive avoda. Somebody once asked his friend how business was, and he answered, Ken Zayn Besser, meaning could be better. The Chafetz Chaim who overheard the conversation asked, how do you know? Thus the Rakanti helps us attain the progression that the Chizkuni was speaking about. By appreciating and accepting the first step, namely the existence of Hashem and His involvement in every aspect of our lives, we can more readily understand and accept the tenth step of not coveting. The Gemara in Yuma 
Lamid Ches teaches that each individual is destined to receive exactly what they need and what's coming to them. And you do not take away from another person even a hair's breadth. Moreover, the Gemara in Sota 9a teaches that if one is jealous of the next one's possessions, not only does he not get it, but oftentimes, because he did not appreciate what he had, he will lose that as well. And finally, I believe Lo Sachmod, not to covet, is a recipe for healthy living. Ezehu Ashir, who's the rich one? Hasomeach Bechelko, the one who is what? Usually translated as the one that's happy and satisfied with his lot, and that's correct. But I'd like to suggest another explanation. The one who's happy with what the next one has. The realization that I have what I need. And if I don't have it, it's because Hashem knows best, and I don't need it. And it's best for me this way. This keeps one out of the route, out of the rat race of life, enabling one to truly enjoy both this world and the next. Shabbat Shalom and good luck on the journey from one through ten. Shabbat Shalom to all.